Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, brought to you by WPTonic.com, a WordPress maintenance and support service for business owners. We talk to the leaders in WordPress, business, and online Welcome marketing folks, communities, bringing you insights show. on it's how to grow your business and achieve success. And we got a great guest for you. We got Andrew Michael from Hotjar. And um, can you just quickly introduce yourself, Andrew, to the listeners and viewers? Yeah, thanks so much, Jonathan. Well, 301 episodes. It's quite a big uh, list now you've got going, yeah? So, yeah, as John mentioned, uh, at Hotjar, um, myself, I'm actually part of the Hotjar Experience team. Um, and our core focus is really around the end user experience and we work within marketing, but very closely with product as well to see how we can constantly improve that experience for our users. So excited to have a chat with you today as well. Um, yeah, that's great. Um, can you tell us a bit about what, what is Hotjar and um, a little bit about the company's history? Yeah. So uh, Hotjar is an analytics and feedback service, uh, and essentially people come to us to really try and improve their experience uh, on their website or app, and uh, and that means for them different things. So it could be increasing conversions, leads, sales, retention, or engagement, uh, depending on their business and their site. And uh, the main use cases are really around understanding user behavior and collecting feedback. So we have tools like session recordings, heat maps, uh, polls, uh, incoming feedback widgets. So uh, really, uh, it's a service uh, catered to in order for you to really understand your user behavior so that you can then go ahead and improve that experience for them. Um, yeah. Oh, that's great. And the com- company's history, when did you start in that? Yeah, so the company itself uh, now is just over three years old. Um, it was founded uh, actually here in Malta. I'm in Malta at the moment, uh, but we are a fully remote company. So um, we over 60 people now and everybody's spread all around the world. Uh, personally, I'm actually a fully full-time digital nomad. So uh, just over in Malta now, we have our meet, company meetup next week where we all get together uh, twice a year. So it's quite exciting being here and growing really fast. I mean, myself, I joined actually a year ago next week. And when I joined, we were around 29 or 30 people. So doubled in size in the last year. And um, yeah, got a lot of challenges ahead of us, but definitely a really good momentum going for us as a company. A lot of exciting things coming up. That's great, Andrew. Um, so, you know, you threw out a, a few things that Hotjar really helps with, but um, could you um, give some insights uh, about some of these tools? What And what's the main one? What's the, you know, how can pe- somebody start off with Hotjar and get some real um, insights about how people or how people are interacting with their website. Yeah. So, I mean, most people I'd say actually come to Hotjar for heat maps. So they would start looking for a heat map solution. And if you're familiar, which basically visualizes the user engagement on your site. So you can see where people have clicked, tapped or scrolled. Uh, you can see how this compares across different devices. Um, but then I'd say probably one of the first things they get wild by is the session recordings. So session recordings actually really allow you to play back your user session. So uh, essentially what you're watching is where the user was scrolling, what they clicked on, and really getting a good picture of their journey from that perspective. But then I think as well the next step is when they really start to see value, and that's with our feedback tools. So uh, giving you the quantitative side um, from the analytics tools, but then you get the qualitative side of really 
the polls and surveys and feedback widgets that can actually collect that data. And then I think one of the biggest things and the power really comes in is when you can start to connect those two. And um, when you see a piece of feedback, you can actually then maybe go watch a session recording and really understand what led that user to leave that feedback for you. Uh, so there's a lot of exciting things as well that we're working on uh, to start strengthening that bond as well. I think that's great. I think one of the, um, let's see if you agree with this, you know, as you did the introduction and as you explained some of the key parts of the of the service functionality, people might say, well, that sounds all great, but, uh, you know, it's pretty obvious how people use the website. You know, we've spent ages um, but I think when somebody uses a tool, your tool and your suite of tools, it's a bit like a ha-ha moment. They uh, realise it becomes brutally obvious what you think is obvious. Isn't that obvious to the people using the site? Would you agree with that? A hundred percent, yeah. So I think it, one of the problems, I think, when we get stuck too much in our own sites and the things that we build as well is that we tend to have our own cognitive biases that lead us. And uh, really, like you say, Zach, when you watch a session recording and you see somebody getting stuck or you take a look at a heat map and trying to measure a piece of content's effectiveness and seeing that nobody's actually looking at what uh, you've put together, you might have spent a couple of months putting together the landing page and majority of your content's not even being seen. So those sort of moments are like real big wake-up calls, I think, for a lot of people. And then they start to really see the value. And then from there, they can start learning with our feedback tools and figuring out, like, what should they be doing and where should they be moving things around. Or You break the heart of many a web design, <laughs> website owner. I don't know. I don't know how you and your team can live with yourself. No, that was a little bit of English humour. I apologise. Uh, um, so what are some of the basic mistakes that you um that you see a lot of website owners or or designer developers doing on a regular basis sure that's a very broad uh, <laughs> question well just give us just give us about a couple that you often see yeah so i think one thing like we often quite quite often is trying to optimize uh, and run sort of ab tests on things that aren't going to like will have minimal impact um so really like trying to change things like button colors uh, and making tiny shifts on pages where their traffic isn't really large enough to see any significant statistical relevance um so we do see like tend to see like a lot of wasted time and that when really like uh, you could do a much better job using um, qualitative metrics, like just asking your customers. So I think a lot of the time as well, people will start to rely uh, too much in terms of data and metrics. And when really like the solutions lie right in front of them and is actually just ask your customers. So uh, we tend to make a lot of assumptions uh, and a lot of assumptions may be in good judgment and based of our past experiences, but really like, until you actually ask your customers and your users, like what are they really looking for and how can we deliver value to you? Uh, I think uh, you've lost the game from the beginning, I think, at that point. So just to recap, um, I think what you're saying is, you know, if you're going to measure something, it's got to be the two alternatives have got to be large enough so you that the data can clearly show a difference. Exactly. Really minor differences, the the kind of data you're going to get isn't really because of the size of the data and isn't going to be significant and you'd just be easier just to ask people. 
Yeah. Uh, um, I, I think, yeah, go on, sorry. Yeah, so I was going to say one other is actually because we were chatting it, uh, about it this morning with David, our CEO, and he was talking about his consulting days um, and just about how um, when you go about looking for feedback, like a lot of people's first uh, reaction would be to, okay, like somebody dropped off, I want to trigger a poll or survey now and try and figure out why they did it when uh, you'd be a much better off spending your time and effort focusing on those people that were really successful. Uh, and figuring out what led them to become successful so you can trace back those steps and improve that experience for everybody else. Um, it's a lot easier to solicit and get really quality feedback from people that have just completed an action and they're successful and they're happy with your service uh, as opposed to trying to reach out to people at a point in time when they're just really not interested or don't want to hear from you because you've lost them at that point. So I think there's also one key area uh, that we do see that happens and that can be a big improvement is really if you're focusing on the success as opposed to really what's uh, going wrong. And, the, and uh, don't get me wrong, there's value in focusing on that side, but you tend to get a lot more qualitative uh, and quality insights uh, focusing on the successful customers. So I'm just wondering where to pursue this because fundamentally when you've got a new site or a site that you're looking to have a, a revamp, um, how would you recommend that the team, let's say its owner or its owner web developer stroke designer are looking at either a new site or a refresh, how can they use, how would you advise them to utilize your suite of tools to really maybe guide them on some of the decision making in, in that process? Yeah. So actually, like what I mentioned now as well, I was super guilty of this in the past as well as spending like a lot of time at that early stage, really trying to figure out the drop of points. And uh, I think like one of the most powerful ways to use Hotjar, and as you mentioned, like we do have this use case of where people are launching something new or they have a revamp and they're really trying to understand these behaviors. So it starts, I think most customers would start with our session recordings and in terms of a user testing perspective. So when they launch a new revamp of their site, it's really they would sit there and start as their team, sit down and take a look at recordings and really just trying to see um, how their site is being used. Like, is are they doing what they intended them to do? So a lot of times as well, you'd see like people might be clicking on things that aren't clickable and uh, like quickly raise awareness for that as well. Like that's evident in heat maps, but it's even a lot more evident in recordings when you're actually seeing like the rage clicking and a little bit of frustration in users. So it tends to start there. Uh, and then from that, what you would do is uh, take a look at then something like a poll or incoming feedback widget. So incoming feedback allows them to leave direct feedback on the page attached with the screenshot. So it really gives you um, some visual feedback as well as like the what the user is saying at that point in time in their journey. And then the polls again would be used. One, okay, it is uh, can be used along that journey. But then really once people have been successful, is really asking them, okay, so what was it that led you here? Uh, what could have been done better? How could we improve this uh, the service for you? Um, and obviously at that point in time, then being happy to give feedback because they have completed the service. But then again, if they're going to come back, they're going to want it better next time. So, uh, And then just using the suite of tools uh, with one another. Yeah. Um, what have you, based on your experience, I have a, sometimes I have clients that say, well, everybody loves the because we specialize in the helping and the maintenance of membership and learning management system websites, Andrew. 
And um, I've got a few clients that say, well, when we ask people, we always get glowing um, responses to their experience. Um, Can that be a bit misleading? Can the reality be a a little bit hidden than they think? Um, Yeah, I I definitely think you always will have that level um, of users that aren't going to, and actually it's funny because he put it this in a really well way this morning. It was um, an example of you have three buckets of users and when they enter your website or your app, there you get a portion of them that end up on the successful side. You get a portion that exit and never leave and get value out of it. Uh, and when you start asking and soliciting for feedback at that point, it's important that you're making sure you're getting the feedback from the right people. So you really want to be getting feedback from the people at the end that are, have been successful because those are going to be the users. But you're also going to get it within that, a portion of those users that aren't too sure about your service still or they're still trying to figure it out. Uh, and then you also have those users that have just exited. And you also, again, at that exit, you also still have those portion of users that weren't too sure then you didn't sell them on the value so when you're asking for feedback and getting it, it's important that you're getting it from those people that have gone through that they want to see that they've seen the value and that are there so uh, it depends when they're asking for this feedback and again like as you mentioned probably most of the time from customers that have got to the stage and have seen the learning and seen the value um, and then it, it is comes down to that principle like people if something goes really wrong, they're going to be uh, vocal about it and you're going to hear about it. But then when things do going well, people do have a tendency to be nicer as well. So I think there's it balances itself out for sure. Oh, that's great. I think we're going to go for a break, folks. When we come back, we're going to be discussing unit testing and some other subjects which hopefully Andrew's going to find interesting. Um, we'll be back in a few moments, folks. Do you want to spend more time making money online? Then use WP Tonic as your trusted WordPress developer partner. They will keep your WordPress website secure and up to date so you can concentrate on the things that make you money. Examples of WP Tonic's client services are landing pages, page layouts, widgets, updates, and modifications. WP Tonic is well known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with full, no question asked, 30 day money back guarantee. So don't delay. Sign up with WP Tonic today. That's wp-tonic.com. Just like the podcast. We're coming back, folks. Um, We've had a feast about unit testing. Um, At the present moment, you know, know, there's a lot of discussion in kind of online marketing, web design, in those areas around funnels and around conversion. Uh, what, got any thoughts about landing pages and funnels? What, what have you got any insights you'd like to share to the listeners around that? Yeah. Uh, so I think this is an area I think people really need to be careful around when they go around optimizing funnels and uh, forms on landing pages. And uh, this actually, it's funny enough, Louis, one of uh, the content team lead at Hotcha, shared a story on Facebook today of one of his first mistakes he made uh, as a marketer. So he was given the goal of increasing conversions on a page. Uh, and like he quite really took a look at it. Like he wanted to impress his boss and uh, he took a look at the page and he's like, okay, great. I think what we can do is actually just remove some form fields. Um, and 
yes, he did that. And he went ahead and removed the form fields and like, wow, great, fantastic. We won, like we increased conversions. Uh, but then when they actually went down to see at the end of the day, did that convert and become customers, uh, really wasn't uh, really wasn't the case, and there was actually no impact in terms of uh, the conversion into becoming customers. And one of the biggest mistakes, and on that, is really uh, forgetting that it, you have people at the end of there are your users, and you have humans at the end of it. And we often get too lost in this like form and funnel analysis, and uh, we just see data and numbers when we really got to go back to the root of it and just think about the psychology of the user, think about them in that moment and what's going to improve that experience. So when we look at optimizing these experiences, it really always must, like the number one place you always start is with your end user and what are they thinking in that moment? What is going to deliver value to them? Uh, and less about like, uh, okay, we had 500 people on page one and we had a 20% drop off here and what can we do to tinker to try and make this work? It's really about connecting with your user in, in a meaningful way that you get valuable insights to improve that experience. Oh, I think that's fantastic, Andrew. That was a great insight. Um, it really resonated with me. Um, thank you so much for that. Um, because I, I think, I think that's really crucial. But I think it's really hard. I think kind of really understanding your target audience and really being able to put yourself in their mindset is crucial, isn't it, Andrew? Absolutely. And this is actually something we're spending a lot of time on now is really getting to it. And uh, we're doing this through several different ways, through polls and through surveys that we're sending out to customers and really trying to understand, like, what is the value that we deliver to them? Like, how can we do this on an ongoing basis for them? Uh, and again, like going back to the people themselves and moving away from actual data and numbers. And uh, because I, like, like, you know, I don't want to state the what you've already stated, but I think it's clear that you can get fixated with the these um, things that will seemingly help, like the example you've given, but underneath there there is more fundamental problems of a lack of understanding yeah. of offering real value, isn't it? And it's like an apple that's rotten to the core. So from the outside, you might have a shiny uh, red or green apple, but then when you take a bite into it, if you're not really thinking about uh, the core user experience and your users, uh, you're just going to uh, be polishing up things at the end of the day that aren't going to be delivering value. So on the, on the subject about finding the real needs of your target audience, are there any any people or resources that influenced your your learning on this particular area? Yeah, uh, absolutely. So, I mean, there's uh, quite a few different people in, in this space. Uh, and I think like one of uh, the companies that we've looked at was uh, HubSpot. So Brian Belfer has really good series uh, on really understanding your users. Um, uh, like he actually has a course together, which is called Reforge, um, which I participated in was super insightful as well. A lot of time and was put together from people from Atlassian, from uh, a few different companies and uh, they all time and time again it's and it's everything we talk about is like just go back to the people understand what they need deliver value and that's how you drive success uh, so. get back to the the learning uh, the experience is i also because i've used your tool um on projects and i've used similar other tools um to some extent what 
what was so brutal about it, is, especially if you're getting people that um, new users and you're getting this feedback, is how quickly people judge a website or judge if they're going to spend any more time on it. Would you like to give some insights about, hey, do you agree with me and give some insights about that? Because I, I think yeah. people are so shocked um, about the realities, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, and I think this is probably a really good skill that needs to be mastered when you start to look at these things is really being able to judge the feedback coming in and make sure that you can make it actionable. So, and decide what needs to be thrown out as well. So not all feedback is equal. Uh, and that goes back to as well, like the point of really like when you have a clear understanding of who your users are and you can then make sure, okay, this piece of feedback, does this align with my uh, key persona? Is this really a customer that I want to be keeping around? Okay, so this piece of feedback is gold now. I need to be treating this with thing. And then people tend to be super judgy. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I think that was a great insight because not all people that come to your website, you know, it, it depends how they got there, isn't it? You know, did they get there by article that you published, but the article drives traffic, but the article really didn't have a lot of relevance to your service or product you're selling. Or if you're using paid advertisement, was it, was it yeah. really targeted at your real audience? Because if, if it isn't, the people that come to your site are going to bail out almost straight away, aren't they, Andrew? Absolutely. So, I mean, that's also, I think, you, having qualifying questions as well, like trying to collect a bit of demographic insights is always useful when you're having a poll or a survey. So, just trying to get a grasp of, obviously, like you want to keep your polls uh, short and you want to get snappy insights, but it's also important, like you said, to really try and understand uh, this feedback, where is it coming from? So, we do quite a few different polls and surveys running on our site in a given time and um, one of those is like uh, trying to understand where our users came from. Um, so that's then followed up by uh, asking for some further feedback. So that gives us an indication of the different channels, where they're coming from, um, what are they thinking of our product or service or where they're getting stuck. Uh, so then we can also start to understand a little bit better of like the leads that we're bringing in from our different channels, like what the sophistication is, what they understand about our product or service. Uh, and really uh, helps us then drive further up the funnel again, like acquisition strategies for those channels. I'm going to obviously ask the obvious. Um, um, you know, have you had any kind of surprises in insight using your own tools on your own website? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, and it's say all the time. Um, probably like one of the most... Uh, insights was actually before my time and it's something I've spoken about quite a lot was really around the hotjar pricing itself in the beginning with um, and first through a heat map like they identified that there was some unusual behavior uh, and clicking on certain areas that weren't really meant to be clickable and then just really trying to dig in so what had happened was a poll was triggered and really trying to understand those insights and uh, to be honest with you, it, it leaves my memory now, but it was really surprising for the team in terms of what they found out and it turned out to be something really simple that needed to change. Um, but I, let me think of some of a better example as well, and I'll get back to you in a bit that I can remember they came up more recently. Yeah, sure, no problem. Um, yeah. So what about the wording of things? Have you got any kind of insights about how people should structure 
the actual written content in general. I, I know it will vary from case to case, and it, yeah. you know, I can only ask you broad questions, really, unfortunately. Um, but have you got any insights in general about verbiage and text and that, and what you've seen with your testing? Uh, what Any guidelines around that? Yeah, so this is actually something that uh, our customers and users use us a lot for, and that's really to, like, as part of collecting the feedback in the process is really getting the voice of their customer. Um, and then they translate that into copy and to um, text throughout the pages and sites, and something that we try to do a lot as well. So when we're looking at a new landing page to set up or we're launching a new service or tool, is really trying to understand like how our users describe it in their own words and uh, how do they talk about our product or service. Um, and that really helps us fuel the content and the text that we go about talking because it's no use us here sitting and talking about a product or service when people are talking about it in a totally different way. So we really want to make sure that the copy and the text really connects with what our users are actually calling our products and our services and our tool. Um, so we do quite a few different things around that. So like I mentioned, if we're going to launch a new page on polls, for example, uh, we might run a survey with our existing customers and ask them a series of questions uh, around like what value does Hotjar polls deliver to you? How would you describe Hotjar polls to a friend? Uh, and we start to ask questions around this where we start to actually then get some uh, really useful content ideas that we can actually then go and test ourselves in ads and in landing pages. Yeah, I was also thinking about actual users because I, I think there's a temptation to kind of throw a lot of information, especially on home pages, um, you, you know, throw as much information on the home page. But as you grow in experience, you learn that you, as this is how I approach it, I just want to see if you agree with me, is that you you got to get in front of them on the home page the key element of your service or your product to your target audience right catch them and then as they progress through the website you offer more and more information but it's got to be guided you've got to think somehow like what you were saying around your poll your example around getting information about your own product and services would you agree with that um, I would say that it depends on different cases and different sites. Uh, it, again, like it's something that needs to be tested and needs to be seen as well. So it depends on your audience and what they expect and uh, depends on the product or tool. So like if you're selling a service uh, to people that are really not visual people, then spending a lot of time on crafting and uh, making this beautiful landing page is going to be a complete waste of time when they just really want to have a, a block of text that they can really read and grasp uh, what they want. I mean, that's just a random example now, but I think this stuff comes with testing and you'll find at some points that like less is more uh, and then that's exactly what you need to be doing. But then in other times, like it probably pays to provide a little bit more context and detail so that your users are a bit more educated so when they do start using your tool, when you start looking at things, if you're in a SaaS business like retention and engagement, it, it helps to much much more to have that qualified user who's really read that copy, has a good understanding of what the tool is about, and knows that it resonates with them rather than them coming in, trying something out that uh, they thought might have been from the surface for them, but then actually getting in starting to use the tool and realizing just, no, this is not for me. 
Oh, I thought that was great. I was, I was making such a mistake there, wasn't I? I was making the classic one of assumption, but that, that's been the whole point of the conversation, really, wasn't it? Um, but you make these based on educated experience, but you're still just making assumptions, aren't you? Exactly, yeah. I think we're going to wrap it up for the podcast part of the show. Andrew's been very generous and he's going to stay on and ask, ask some more, um, a few more questions, uh, hopefully going to be insightful and interested. Um, but uh, we're going to wrap up the podcast part of the show. So, Andrew, how can people find out about more about you and about Hotjar? Yeah, so for Hotjar side of things, I mean, you can visit www.hotjar.com. That's H-O-T-J-A-R.com. Uh, and obviously our website there explains a lot more about what we've been talking about today. And uh, we have a blog as well that's uh, now as well starting to be more and more uh, content going on that around some of these topics that we discussed today. So some of that educational material. And we also actually in the process of launching a new uh, education series, um, our first uh, sort of a series, and that's something actually I would encourage uh, anybody to check out as well. Uh, we're busy running a beta program at the moment, but that should be uh, launched, uh, I think, in the next two to three months, uh, which is something exciting as well coming out from us. Uh, and as for myself, I mean, you can reach me on Twitter at Andrew Michael SA. Uh, that's great. Um, if you want to get a hold of uh, WP Tonic and myself, just go to the WP Tonic website, folks, and leave us some comments about this show. Did you find it really interesting? And I might have a poll. No, I'm only kidding, but um, leave some information on the comments. And if you're really generous, folks, can you leave us a review on iTunes? Because it really does help the show. And it helps me get some people like Andrew, experts in their Pacific area, and gives you better value so that it's a win-win if you leave that review and if you're interested in your review bad or good i read them out as well so that's not bad is it so we'll see you next week folks when we've got somebody doing something interesting in wordpress or online in general we'll see you next week folks thanks for listening to wp tonic the podcast that gives you a spoonful of wordpress medicine twice a week